Hi, I'm Don Paul, and welcome to my podcast, Don Paul's Bits O' Blather on Weather, Climate, and Science. And this is episode 24. So the Bits O' Blather, uh, I thought I'd been tracking my episode count accurately, actually had been more than Bits O' Blather. I thought my episode count was around 18 or 19. So, so much for accuracy there. And speaking of accuracy, this episode concerns predictions. Polls versus weather forecasts. We'll get to the weather, my area, in a couple of minutes. But uh, most people are in agreement. The pollsters did a lousy job compared to what was expected uh, this time around. And keeping in mind that they were more than fully aware of errors they made in 2016, uh, most polling companies, when uh, interviewed by the press, uh, said we are definitely trying to improve our demographics. Uh, it is known that in 2016, the pollsters underestimated the number of, for example, white non-college grad males who had uh, a very high percentage of uh, per preference for Donald Trump, as opposed to, say, uh, college grad women, uh, much higher preference for Joe Biden. Now, the pollsters said, we know what we did wrong, and we have fixed it. Turns out they didn't. We still don't know exactly what they did wrong this time around. But in general, while the presidential race uh, wasn't that bad a performance for them and is turning out to be um, not too far from most poll, poll predictions, a couple of predictions late in the game were not implying a landslide, but a wider margin than in fact occurred. In fact, Joe Biden had the highest number, and Kamala Harris had the highest vote count of any presidential candidate team in history. But Donald Trump, uh, far behind in the popular vote count by about 4,200,000, his number still is the highest count ever for a Republican. Um, we had simply a very high turnout, and in some cases beyond expectations, although a high turnout, yes, it was expected because of the intense passions. But pollsters have to uh, design samples that are representative with much smaller numbers. A lot of people say, well, I've never been polled, so how real can these polls be? Well, folks, it's the same deal with broadcast ratings. It is impossible, and uh, not just in terms of workload, but in expense, to sample 10,000 people every time you conduct a poll. The samples have to be smaller, but they do have to be chosen more carefully, and uh, getting the exact proportion of the different demographic groups, even within the Latino community. How many Cuban Americans do you count versus Puerto Rican Americans? Puerto Rican Americans uh, who have increased in number in Florida since the federal government's performance after Hurricane Maria, which devastated Puerto Rico. Um, how many Puerto Ricans get polled versus Cubans who tend, Cuban Americans who tend to be much more conservative politically? Uh, there also are Venezuelans in South Florida. And of course, Cubans and Venezuelans have uh, been exposed to the worst aspects of communism and a militant, militant socialism, totally unlike the socialism that exists, say, in the Scandinavian countries, and are much more conservative politically. 
And getting those proportions right in a sampling of, say, a thousand voters at a time, it's a tough, tough call. Then there is the element of human behavior. There are anecdotal suggestions that a lot of Trump supporters did not want to talk to the pollsters about their true feelings toward Donald Trump. Say you live in a neighborhood where Democrats hold a margin, you're less likely, for example, to put a Trump sign on your front lawn. But knowing the high negativity and the job preference, likability elements of Donald Trump versus Joe Friday, Friday, uh, Friday, Biden. <laughs> I've been watching Dragnet reruns. Biden, there is some anecdotal evidence that some uh, Republican supporters of Donald Trump just didn't want to tell the truth to pollsters. We don't know that for certain. That's going to take additional surveys. And how pollsters are going to go about improving their performance for 2024, that's anybody's guess. They know they have taken an enormous hit in confidence among the public and amongst some political pundits. Um, the night before the election, there were some Democratic pundits who were wildly and overly optimistic about how the presidential vote was going to go. Uh, a couple, uh, James Carville, who had worked with Bill Clinton, were essentially predicting Democratic landslides and a blue wave unlike that expected by anybody in the party structure. Um, no one in the Democratic leadership was expecting the kinds of vote counts that a couple of pundits were putting out in these optimistic uh, performances on air. So human behavior is something that's very difficult to quantify. There are no magical algorithms that can be used. And so now we jump over to my side of the fence, weather predictions. Well, within a few hours of the close of polls, some of my uh, colleagues said, predictions, not so easy, is it, pollsters? And some were funnier than that. I just don't remember them. And uh, yeah, that concept is true. It, it, it's Predictions are much tougher than most people uh, take the time to think about. You have other things to think about. But in weather, uh, we at least have less to worry about in terms of humanity, human behavior. We worry about how humans are going to behave in response to warnings of dangerous weather, uh, how seriously they will prepare. Uh, for instance, as this is being recorded, we have a hurricane warning up for the Florida Keys and parts of South Florida. How will people prepare for, say, a Category 1 hurricane in vulnerable places? But after that, we at least have laws of physics, equations. We have uh, Doppler radar data, which is coming in from over 150 sites just in the United States alone, as well as constant upper air data. Uh, weather balloons are launched twice a day across the country, and they gather an immense amount of data as the balloons ascend on temperature, humidity, wind direction, wind speed, barometric pressure, etc. And we also have virtually every major airliner equipped with sensors that automatic relay uh, the information, upper air information, to antennas on the ground. And that data goes into computer models. 
Now, we have a great deal of reliance now on increasingly sophisticated computer models, and there are so many of them that it's rare to have very strong agreement between all of them on, say, the path and intensity of a storm system three or four days away. So what happens when models are in disarray? It's still humans putting out the forecasts, not on the crap apps that are on some of your phones that are completely computer driven. We are nowhere near a point where computers can do the forecasting job as well as a human machine mix. Uh, humans are still needed to ride herd. But before we had computer models, let's just look at my area, Buffalo and Western New York, where narrow bands of lake effect snow can set up. Before there were computer models, uh, to get an idea of wind direction and temperatures aloft, uh, compared to the known lake temperatures, at least meteorologists could look upwind and look at the 7 a.m. balloon soundings from Ontario and Michigan and Wisconsin and see what wind directions were being observed by the weather balloons at 7 in the morning as they ascended and then extrapolate from the upwind balloon soundings to how things might look here in western New York. The forecast that could be generated from that and surface observations and radar imagery weren't too bad. They have improved tremendously on small scale phenomena like lake effect bands. For those of you in another part of the country, lake effect bands may extend inland 20, 30, 40 miles, but in north to south width in uh, western New York, they may only be uh, as little as five, six, seven miles across. In other words, they're skinny bands. And if you have a wind forecast you're going with, uh, every three or four degrees on the compass counts. In Northern Erie County in Western New York, that's the most densely populated part of Western New York. It includes Buffalo and the North Town suburbs uh, north of the city, which are more densely populated than the South Town suburbs. If you're off by five degrees in your wind direction forecast for any developing lake effect band, you're going to warn or not warn the wrong 100,000 people plus. Uh, so that's a challenge that computer models have been a tremendous adjunct uh, in for meteorologists such as myself. Um, but when all else fails, there are those days where we know the models are not doing a good job because they come out so often. There are high resolution models that run every six hours. There are some that even run every three hours. And when we see ground truth with each run of those models isn't working out well, we don't throw away the models, but we place much less reliance on them and more on our own pattern recognition. What happened the last time the wind seemed to be lined up this way and the temperature difference between the Lake Erie temperature and the atmosphere a mile up. We have pattern uh, recognition that we can lean on to help us out. So at least in meteorology, we're not worried about people lying to the pollsters. <laughs> the models may be lying, um, but there are, are algorithms. There are these equations I talked about where we have hundreds of variables to worry about. That's why forecasts, which have slowly gotten so much better that many people don't even notice the incremental improvements. That's why forecasts have gotten so much better but they're never going to be anything approaching perfection. But at least 
we know what it is we're looking at and the great unknowns are how all these variables are going to interact with one another but we don't have to worry about a model saying i ain't gonna tell this guy it's gonna snow in amherst new york i'm ashamed but i'm not gonna tell him that's not the deal with us and economists have a whole other set of many many variables they have to worry about and they do have to include human behavior as well how are consumers going to be spending get my drift uh, so it's easy for us meteorologists for this brief moment in time since we're so often the butt of jokes that are quite often really unfair but sometimes really funny um, but we can gloat a little bit compared to political pollsters maybe for another 10 minutes thanks for listening this far i will talk to you real soon